Hello, this is Mark Guy again, here with my good friend John Morrow, DTM, for another, another exciting series, another exciting section of episode of speakbrave.co. Hey, John. Yeah. Are you here? Yeah. Are you ready? I'm ready. Okay. Well, tonight, today, I'd like to speak about apologies. The apologies in our life, in our relationships, in our business, in our families, in our friendships. John, have you ever had to apologize to anyone in your life? So many times I can't count. <laughs> well, let me ask you a question. How did it go for you? Are you? Do you feel like you're an expert in apologies right now? I would say at this stage of my life, I'm a lot better at apologies than I used to be because okay. uh, apologies are easier to express at this time in my life because I've had to do them with some very, very dear people. So, yeah. On the other hand, there have been cases where it didn't go so well. I know, I know. So you feel that apologies is a learned process. It's a skill. I think do you it can be, think I think it can be you developed. can equate that? I think it can be developed into a better skill, but I wouldn't necessarily say that it's a skill as much as it's just got, it's about developing the heart and the uh, sensitivity to the other person's. Yeah. I think it's also about empathy, isn't oh, it? Oh, wow. yeah. I and mean, if, if empathy does not stay in your heart or in your mind, I don't think you can apologize effectively. I don't think people really understand the concept of empathy that well. Well, I mean, isn't there books you can read about empathy? I mean, mm -hmm. I didn't know about empathy until I became a leader at church. Uh -huh. But even before that, there's something that you want to connect with the other person. And I think that's part of empathy. You want to understand what the other person is feeling, right. thinking, and wh what is it that they want. And if you put yourself in the shoes of the other person, I think it's a step of empathy. I like that. It's a start. Well, that's basically what it is. It's yeah. understanding because I know how you feel. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want to tell you something. I want to tell okay. you a story. Already. Okay. Um, I'm in, in my late 30s. Mm -hmm. Right now, I'm a 37-year-old man. I've been married, I've been divorced, I've had numerous relationships. And let me tell you something, John. It took me a while to learn how to apologize. I can agree with you completely. It took me a while. And that's what it is. It's a learning process. Um, this, there was a book that Gary Chapman wrote, Five, La Five Languages of Apology. Have you read it? No, I have. As a matter of fact, until you just mentioned it, I did not know of such a book. Five Languages of Apology? Five Languages of Apology. He is the same author who wrote Five Love Languages. I'll be done. Yeah, so he wrote Five Languages of Apology, and I think the first one is where you say, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. The second one is you admit that you're a mistake. You say, I'm wrong. Yes. Third is you try to offer restitution. Or repayment. Mm -hmm. Fourth, you genuinely repent and say you will you will try not to do it again. Mm -hmm. And final one, will you say, will you please forgive me? And all of those are relevant and poignant and useful, and yet all five are so uniquely different. That's right. And I think a lot of times, um, I just hate to say this, but I think it's true. A lot of people don't know how to apologize. But I agree. I it's, agree. It's just, I think there's just some kind of missing link. You can say you're sorry. You can say you're sorry until you're blue in the face. But the other person might not feel it's enough. Exactly. But even before then, here's something that kind of resonates with me. Have you ever been around somebody who keeps... You point out to them, I wish you would stop doing that. Yes. But And they say, I'm sorry. Yeah. But they keep doing it. 
And you begin to say, you begin to think that apology is disingenuous. Well, you know what? I've been at both sides of this equation. I have been in the situations where the other person said I'm sorry, but kept doing it. Right. And I was the other, I was the offending party too. Mm-hmm. I was doing something and then you said I'm sorry. But I think there comes a point in your life when you decide, is this relationship or business interaction important to me? Mm-hmm. Is it important? Yes. If it's important, you change your mindset. Yes. If the other person tells you in earnest, you gotta stop doing that. You gotta do this. You gotta and the other person has the courage to speak up bravely, stand up for themselves, have the voice, you will listen, right? Exactly. And yes. if you and if you have in your mind that this relationship is important, you stop or you find ways to alter your behavior. Uh-huh. That's is because you need to I mean, let's be honest. I mean, nobody's perfect. Right. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect, right? Mm, I mean, if we if we're perfect, we wouldn't have this conversation. Mm-hmm. I agree. But I, but I think it just it's just a mindset. There's a trigger in your mind when you decide that's it. I had enough. I will not do this again. I will stop. I will get help. I will do whatever I can to make it right. Because I think it's a decision. Yes. But can I turn it over yeah. for a second? Go ahead. Something that I've had to do. Something that I have. Uh, been starting a practice of because where this happens more than any other kind of relationship is in the marriage relationship and obviously we all know that Gary Chapman is an excellent counselor in the area of a religious counselor actually religious expert on marriage and family he changed lives of many people he has and he continues to do so and Gary I'm sure probably agrees that in the marriage relationship you have the greatest degree of opportunity for hurt and reconciliation if you understand that sometimes individuals have parts of their personality that are just so deeply ingrained to them. It's you ever heard the uh, term they're fixed in their ways? Yes, I have. Well, my wife is somewhat like that, and she does certain things which aggravate me. I mean, aggravate me to the point that I lose my temper. And for years it was a struggle, and yet that unique uh, part of her personality doesn't change. This is how she's wired. And what I had to do is I had to change how I responded to it. Okay. In other words, I know she's going to do it. I know this is her personality. This is how she is. She's not going to change. We've talked about it numerous times. She's just not going to change. And yet, she's the most important person in my life. So I decided, okay, when that happens, just know that's the way she is. This is her unique personality. I can handle it. With somebody else, it might be a problem. But with me, it's not worth the argument. So you made a decision. I did. You made a decision, but it wasn't easy. No. Or no. was it a process? That's what it you said. It is a process. It's a process. Right. Yeah. And I also heard a word you said, reconciliation. Yes. And I think it's important to point out that apology by itself doesn't have a lot of value. Doesn't have a lot of value unless no. the offending person creates procedures, creates processes mm-hmm. that can lead back to reconciliation the offended person can say okay i forgive you i forgive you exactly but it doesn't mean that relationship gonna get back on track it's not trust. an instantaneous it's process. not an instantaneous and i think it's it's difficult but what i'm trying to say is that we can all learn to apologize and actually push yourself to the edge 
of what we thought we uh-huh. can do. If we just have a mindset, of course, if you never have to apologize, great for you. You have a trophy for the first place. You're the best person in the world. Uh-huh. But what I'm trying to say is we all can learn to apologize better. I wish this is a topic we never had to talk about. Well, I like the topic because over the years, I have found some of the most satisfying experiences in my life have been when I learned to apologize to people and to do so with a great deal of sincerity and even remorse because there are various circumstances that occur. I can tell you of one that happened to me in Toastmasters a number of years ago, a very, very close friend in Toastmasters of mine, and we were close friends. She gave an evaluation one evening, and I made a remark about the evaluation. It was not an intended unkindness. She made a remark about dress, and I said, let me tell you about somebody who dressed outside of that particular mindset, and they won a world championship of public speaking. But in sharing the information, it embarrassed her. Oh, okay. And so she called me a couple of days later when she finally had the wherewithal to do so because she was hesitant to do so, but it bothered her, and she told me. So what I did was is I went to our club's website, and I typed a message to the membership and basically stated the other night I made the following remark in response to this member's evaluation of a speaker. So you made this public? made it public to the membership. Okay. And I said, in doing it, I had no ill will, but it turned out to marginalize her and embarrassed her. For that, I'm deeply sorry, and I want to let you know that's never my intention. And so let's be careful to remember to defer to respect and regard and value everybody's opinion, but don't walk on that opinion and therefore embarrass them, making them think they had no business saying what they said because everyone has something worth saying and it's worth being heard. But it was an important moment in my life because it established a leadership position. I was president of the club at the time. So it calls into question my leadership skills and made me realize if I'm going to lead, I need to lead by example. Example and take an action. Mm -hmm. And if you, and I think as a leader, but leadership doesn't just happen in a club setting or work setting. Right. I think leadership also takes place in marriages, mm-hmm. right? Exactly. I mean, I mean, you have to be a leader to lead. And I think it's not necessarily that, you know, man lead or woman follow or woman lead and men follow. I think whoever has the greatest capacity to lead should lead. However, men have more the responsibility, I believe, to be a leader. And I think it happens uh, in marriages and in business relationships and everywhere else. I think the personality of the two people also has a role. Eh? Because yeah. in the development of the relationship I have with my wife over these 42 and a half years that we've been married, we have had struggles with mm-hmm. communication and with the person perceived to be in leadership as opposed to the person who is there to provide additional support and to be a team player but really prefers to defer to the other's leadership. In other words, in our home, my wife has established and made it very clear to me that decisions that have to do with the both of us economically, spiritually, and otherwise, health-wise, that rests with me saying, okay, at some point we have to agree to disagree and go forward. 
And we've found that over the years, as we've gotten to know each other better and know each other's personalities, we're discovering that there are less and less conflicts. Mm -hmm. And I've also learned something else very important. I've learned to pick my battles. Pick your battles, And yes. my wife has learned that as yeah. well. Some things she just doesn't bother saying about because she knows that's how her husband's going to be, just as there's things she's going to do, and I know that's how she's going to be. So we figure, what's the use of having an argument or getting our feelings hurt over it? Yeah. Set it aside and go on. Yeah, <laughs> because, that's right. That's because right. the relationship is... It's too important. But trust me, 42 years ago when we got married, it wasn't that way. I know. It, the, it's a process. It's a process. It's a process. I also want to recognize it is a process. At the same time, John, I believe it's also a decision. It's a decision that people involved have to make. Mm -hmm. It's a decision, you intentional, that, okay, this is important to me. Yes, Let's say I have made a mistake or the uh -huh. other party have made a mistake. It's the intention to, okay, can I forgive? Can I build? Can I create a road for reconciliation? And I feel that apology is the first step. Uh -huh. I agree. Apology is the first step, but not just apology that, you know, I say I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, after a while it just gets... It gets old. It gets old. I think it has to be more than that. It's somebody who has to take responsibility for their actions acknowledge them i think this is where self-knowledge comes into place mm -hmm. you know who you are yeah you know what triggers you have and how you react to the triggers exactly and you see how you react to the environment mm -hmm. you see how you react to the other person's character there was another book that i read married to destruction it's by a wife and husband team hollowell they said that all successful marriage couples, they have a process. They have figured out the process. They have a dream, mm -hmm. and they go through the dream every day, a little deposit to go in the dream, whatever they have, right. but they also have a process. Process how to communicate, how to manage conflict, how to manage stress, some kind of process that works for both people so they can move forward. Exactly. And I believe apology is also part of that process. Absolutely. And I think it's you have to say you're sorry if you're if you're the one that messed up. Let's say I messed up. I say I'm sorry, I was wrong, I will never do this again, or I will try to not do this again. What can I do? And will you please forgive me? I like that. Too. I think if you have those five in your toolbox, you're much better equipped to deal with all relationships. Not just in marriage but also in business, in friendships. And one final thing I do want to notice, I read and seen that, let's say, two people, and they, they're they very headstrong or both strong, and just I know the really time. get into it and very hard to apologize. And then the other person withdraws into silence uh -huh. or violence or says nothing. There comes a point when you realize enough is enough. Take the high road. Have the courage to stand up and apologize because you want to have a road to reconciliation. The, the reason I say that is because life is short. Mm -hmm. You don't know how much time we have on this earth. All we really have is right now. Mm -hmm. You don't know when you're going to see the other person again, where you're going to be, what's going to happen. All you really have is take the time to opportunity to acknowledge what's happening, acknowledge Create the process, build the road to reconciliation, because let's say how long you can live, 75 years, 80 years. If you have not been talking to the person who matters the most 
let's say in a marriage relationship for 10 years, 15 years, that's a big portion of your life is thrown away. There's one thing we can never get back, and it's time. Right. And I believe it's very important to learn those five languages of apology that Dr. Gary Chapman has put so conveniently for us, and we can use it. I'd like to do this, if it's okay with you. When we meet again, I'm going to throw you a bit of a curveball, but I'll give you fair warning ahead of time. I'd like to go to the issue of where you have been hurt by someone and you want that someone to apologize to you. Conscious decision to forgive that person and to move forward, even if that person never, ever makes the issue right. And I've seen that in churches, and I've seen that in marriages, and I've seen that in business. And so if I can kind of draw that out of you at some point, I'd like to do that in the future at our next podcast. So that okay. I put that on your uh, burner so you can marinate on it, okay? <laughs> sure. I, I can give you a little preview. Um, there's just no issue that is too big or too small that you cannot forgive. Because... The point in life is that, yes, you have been injured, maybe your self-esteem been injured, maybe your point of life has been injured, but if you don't forgive and let go, you provide the second injury to yourself. And the second injury to yourself is the one that is self-inflicted, and sometimes it hurts a lot more mm -hmm. than any other person have hurt you before. It's a decision. It's a decision to let go. Because life is so short. We are here on this earth for a purpose. What is that purpose? You have to know for yourself. But I think you have to let go of the self-inflicted injury. It's a decision. You realize, you understand, you surround yourself with the people who love you. Mm -hmm. With the family, friends, you work on your purpose. But you, you deal with the first injury, but the second self-inflicted injury, you let go. Good. All right. I would like to say thanks everyone who joined for this podcast today. Uh, don't forget to check us out at speakbreak.co or markguy.com. Until next time. This is John Morrow. And this is Mark Guy. Have a good day. Yep.